everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Welcome. Glad you guys came. Uh, kids, I'm so glad that you're in here with us. So this is a new year and we're introducing a new flow. Uh, as many of you know, we'll do our service followed by a break and second session. Vineyard Kids Programming is during that second session. And I, I said this on Christmas Eve, but kids, I want you to know that Jesus is glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you're here and we're going to do some things a little bit differently to help everybody engage, including communion at the end of the service, uh, including ministry time in the middle of the service. We'll explain everything as we go. But I just, I think kids, you guys are full kingdom participants. So my three-year-old Isla just thinks it's so cool that we are all children of God, even though I'm an adult. She's like, daddy, you're old and a child of God. So it's uh, it's just it's it's one of these moments I think in our church where we are coming together to love and serve each other, uh, and I that's that's I think why we're all here anyway in the first place. Aren't you here because you love God and love the people in this room and want to grow in that love? I was I was reflecting on that as the year was coming to a close, and I think, man, our church is amazing. Because we don't have like a bunch of people who just come because it's the thing to do. I think we're here because we love God and love each other. So I'm super thankful for you guys. Uh, speaking of the end of the year, I know that uh, some of you celebrated a couple of holidays, right? So I want you to think, kids too, of one word that describes your favorite part of Christmas or New Year's. Could be that, like the holidays together as a package. In one word, I'm going to ha- have you say it out loud on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Friends. Okay. I didn't even pick anything out because it was such a jumble. But I know, because I know people, I know that most everyone under the age of 30 said presence. Uh, as you age that maybe becomes more into like decorating or food, but I think uh, people and family, uh, as, we, as we mature, become the main focus or the main gifts that we receive at the holidays. Maybe there's a brother or a sister or a cousin or a nephew that you don't see uh, on a normal basis, but you get to see them and be with them uh, over Christmas. Our family is far away, so we spent Christmas Eve with many of you at that potluck. Do you remember that potluck? Oh my goodness. So many people. That is the biggest Christmas potluck I have ever been to. Not even close. Uh, and then, then we spent some time with friends throughout the week. And so it was just, it was such a, a gift to us. And I think in the same way, our relationship with God changes over time, where when we're new to our faith, we're primarily thinking about the stuff that God gives us, whether it be like a nice house or a good job or good friends, uh, even like... Uh, it, as we grow, maybe it's, it's the sense of peace or the sense of purpose that we have. But then over time, as we age, as we deepen in our love for God and each other, it's actually friendship 
with God that becomes the main thing that we can be thankful for. The main way we relate to God is the friendship that we have with him. And so uh, my friend Mikhail is going to come up and read from John chapter 15 for us right now. Uh, if you didn't grab a Bible on your way in, now would be an opportunity. You can open up to that passage on page 1128. And yeah, come on up, Mikhail. These are, of course, the very words of Jesus. Here, take a step forward. Uh, and would you guys please stand? Uh, we believe that God is here. We want to honor him as he speaks his words to us. You can if you want. Just hold that up real close to your chin, like right there. John 15, 12 to 17. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do it at man. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for. Using my name, this is my commandment. I mean command. Love each other. Thank you, Mikhail. Good job. You guys can have a seat. Uh, let me just pray. God, we thank you for your words. We thank you for meeting us here today. We ask that you would help us to grow in our love. We ask that uh, the words that are spoken would, would go into our hearts, that your spirit would use them to transform us, to be more like you, to love more like you, uh, so that when people meet us, they think, oh, that's, that must have been what it would have been like to be with Jesus. Like, give us that much uh, ability to reflect the love that you have for your, uh, for the whole world, God. So yeah, come Holy Spirit. Amen. So I think you probably caught it. Jesus says, I call you friends. The people who say, I am a follower of Jesus. I have oriented my life around this person and his teachings, and more than that, his love, Jesus says, you are my friends. And we don't want to forget that. We don't want to lose sight of that. Today, uh, the, the main subject is that we, are, we can and do hear God's voice. And it's part of a series where we're going to be walking through some of the things we do on a Sunday morning. I'm calling it God experience because we're all throughout this service experiencing God and engaging with him in different ways. So for instance, uh, we create space uh, in a service to hear from God, but in ministry time, the, the engine of what happens during that like 10 minutes is God leading us and us responding to that voice. Other topics that we'll cover will be communion and giving and worship. And uh, at the end, I, I do a blessing. So we'll talk about what it means to bless. Uh, but I, I think hearing God's voice is one of the most important things we learn to do as followers of Jesus. And instead of giving you uh, a step-by-step -step manual on how to do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put forth a couple of principles um, and there, the first one is really that God wants friendship with us. 
and he is speaking. And so the question is, are we listening? If you still have your Bibles open, if you were to jump over to chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, that is the Holy Spirit, this is God's presence that we invite every time we come to worship together. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And I think that's a for instance, because the Holy Spirit, when he speaks, does more than just predict the future, uh, for, for sure. Uh, it says, I think, more, uh, more, fit, more fully, verse 14, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit is the voice that speaks to us today. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So there's this Trinitarian action. Uh, people who follow Jesus have this idea that God is one, but in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they're co cooperative. Like, they're three persons in one God, and they're doing everything together, and everything that belongs to the Father belongs to the Son, and uh, like is delivered to us by the Holy Spirit and and not, nobody in the Trinity, no person in the Trinity acts alone. It's always together. And so as God speaks to us, it is the voice of Jesus. It is the voice of God the Father. It is the presence and the power and the prompting of the Holy Spirit that come to us. And you can't actually have friendship without that kind of communication or that kind of conversation. So I want you to think again, what makes a good friend? What would you say? Somebody shout out it. You're kind to each other. There's listening. You listen to each other, not just one directional talking. Has anybody ever had a friend where they do all the talking? That's not friendship. <laughs> That's unpaid counseling. <laughs> like that's, that's a one-directional relationship. And for some of us, we have a one-directional relationship with God where all, when we pray, all we do is talk, 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 talk. We never take a minute to listen. Or we have a, a wrong idea of God. We have the idea that God is like a master and we are his slaves. And the only reason that God would say anything to us uh, ever is to tell us what to do or what not to do, to scold us for doing something wrong, for instance. Uh, like some big mean Santa in the sky, like keeping a list and checking it twice. But this is not how God reveals himself in the person of Jesus. God says to us, I want to call you a friend. And so I want conversation. I want communication. And so uh, th there's, there's no one way that God speaks. And all of us have a unique way, I think, in that we listen. And so my main encouragement in how to do this is to just try it and keep the conversation going and know that you're not always going to hear perfectly. Uh, Jack Deere in his book, Still Surprised by the Voice of God, says, when I, when I hear God and I respond to that voice, I guarantee that there will be a high rate of failure. In other words, you'll hear wrong. You'll go to a person and say, I think God wanted uh, me to share this with you. And they just look at you like, 
I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, if God prompts you to uh, do something, there's, there's the, the step of discernment that must happen. And so be aware that as you listen, there, it's kind of, it, there's a, a process, there's a learning curve. It's like riding a bike. Does anyone here have the experience of jumping on a bike and riding it without falling? Okay, we have a few prodigies and or you had training wheels or something because I think everybody who's learned to ride a bike fell a couple of times. And, and over time, you, like, you learn how to keep your balance a little better and you can go a little faster and, and you have a better sense as you learn how to hear God's voice. Like, was that God's voice or is that my thoughts in my head? And so I want to take the pressure off and, and I also want to encourage you, like, if you feel like you're not hearing God, Keep the conversation going. And so if your only interaction with God is, should I do this? Should I buy that house? Should I marry that girl? Should I uh, move to that city? And you just say like, hello, God, are you there? That's, that's not a relationship. That's a, that's a magic eight ball sort of relationship you have with God. But if you develop a friendship with God and say, God, I'm not sure what to do. And if you're not hearing anything immediately back, it's like, if you were sitting next to a friend and you said, I'm not sure what to do, the friend would say, tell me more. <laughs> so tell God more. Keep the conversation going. Tell God your feelings, your thoughts, and pause and ask him questions. And if, if you feel something that is, seems to be coming from outside of you, just tell yourself, maybe this is God. This might be God. So I have like a picture of sort of how this works. I'm, my slides are a mess today. I'm so sorry to the tech team. I don't even, uh, Graceland is training, but could we go to the one with the arrow down and then the arrow over with the actions? Yeah. So when God speaks, we listen and, and there's usually some kind of response, but it's not always the kind of response which involves like selling your house and moving to Morocco, although that could happen. Uh, Sometimes it's just gratitude, like, I'm feeling so thankful that God spoke to me, or sometimes it's continued conversation, or may maybe it is to pray for someone. I hear this all the time. Someone says, I just felt prompted to pray for person B. I let them know it, and they were, going, they were having one of the worst days of their life. This happened very recently. Uh, and so the, the prompt to pray, like there was an action, the person did the praying and let the person know that they were praying. And there was this, uh, this lifeline of support and strength that the person could grab onto and survive the day. And so, so it's, not, it's often very small things that God is inviting you to do. Um, it could be to encourage another person. It could, be, or it could be like a life decision where God speaks to you and you respond. But there's always, or I should say, every revelation includes interpretation. That's a slide two. And our tendency, it's down a little farther. It's toward the end. I'm so sorry about the slides. Uh, every revelation involves interpretation. Our temptation is to add our interpretation uh, to whatever it is that God is saying. So we... Maybe, for instance, if we're sharing a message that we believe we receive from God with someone else, we'll want to add our stuff to it. And so it's not just God speaking, it's God and Amos speaking to the person because I have a bias about what I think the person should do or what I think the person should think or 
uh, even in my own life, what I think I should do, I, I want to co-opt God's voice into my decision-making, right? Like, God told me to do this thing that I wanted to do anyway. Um, so just be aware that, yeah, there is, there is discernment in every revelation. Yeah, you're doing great. You're awesome. Thank you. Okay, now go back to that number two. <laughs> Sometimes... And this happens that we expect this to happen during our ministry time here at the vineyard. Sometimes God delivers us a message for someone else. And so it's not just God saying, pray for this person, or it's not just God saying, encourage this person. It's God saying, hey, I want you to go tell Bill that um, God is going to give you a home. And you're like, I don't know what that means. I know for a fact, Bill... Is that who we're talking about, Bill? Yeah, I made up this person, so I couldn't remember. Uh, Bill already has a home. Like, what are you talking about, God? So um, then I, I can take a risk and go to Bill and say, I have a slide for this too, sorry, it's not in order, and say, hey, Bill, I think this might be God. I, I'm not saying it is God. Right? But in the vineyard, one of our, our most important phrases, I think, is, I think this might be God. Because if you start to take the voice of God as if it's God speaking, there's a good chance that because you're human and imperfect, um, you're going to mess it up. <laughs> and because they're human and imperfect, they're not going to hear it quite right. And uh, especially if, if any time someone comes and starts speaking you, to you in the King James, you know what I mean by that? Like, it's a normal person, but suddenly they're using these and thous and you shouts. I just assume that they've confused the voice of God with their own upbringing or something. You know, like, has anybody had that, that happen to them? I have. It's happened to me a few times this year. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then the follow-up question. I, not me doing it, them doing it to me. Anyway, the follow-up question is, uh, it's, not just a, it's not just a prophetic bomb drop, like, God told me to tell you this, Bill, you're going to have a home. See ya. It's a, does that resonate? Like, there's uh, a formal word for that would be like an interview, but I think in friendship, it's just like a, does that make any sense? Is that, does that seem like God to you? It seemed like God to me, I could be wrong, you know? Like, there's, there's relationship, it should be, natural, as we say in the vineyard, naturally supernatural stuff is the, like the business that Jesus is in. Because God can do weird stuff, but we don't want to add our weirdness to his, you know, he does whatever he wants. Let's not be weird <laughs> with what he does, okay? All right, so principles to help organize this thought, I've sort of bled into principle number three is, we are all human and hear God imperfectly, so use discernment. So this is true whether we're hearing God for ourselves Remember I said every revelation inter, uh, involves some kind of interpretation. It also involves it if we're talking to other people. So let's put up that other uh, diagram with all the arrows. So things get a little messier if we're getting a prophetic message. So let me define prophetic. Uh, prophetic means we've received a message from God that we want to give to someone else. But in, every time there's an arrow, there's like, there's a human level of imperfection. I'm hearing imperfectly. And so when you um, receive a message from God for someone else, be careful not to add to it. And the longer you talk, the longer you say, I think this is God, the more likely you're adding your own stuff into it. Okay. But then as the person is hearing it, they're bringing their own set of experiences, their own set of 
kind of maybe it's religious baggage, uh, and they're hearing maybe something different than you're saying. So real human example. I'm sure this has never happened to any of you, but so one time somebody told me to put away my cereal bowl, and what I heard them say was, you're a slob. Has that ever happened to you? Someone asks you to put away their cereal bowl, and what you heard is you're a good-for-nothing slob? That's not what the person said, but that's what I heard. So we go back maybe to the experience of Bill. And so if I get a word from God and I feel like, Bill, God's going to give you a home, but I bring in my input because I think Bill should sell his house and buy a new house, I say, Bob, uh, Bill, sorry, Bill, it's time for you to buy a new house. You see how you've kind of added your bias to it? Um, And maybe what God is wanting to say to Bill is, Bill, the place you've lived for five years hasn't felt like home, but I'm going to change that for you. Like it's going to feel like you belong in your home, and this house is going to become a home. And maybe it's because, um, and I found this true in my life, maybe it's because Bill is prompted to go and meet some of his neighbors. So if your house doesn't feel like a home, it might be because you don't know anybody who lives down the street. Uh, the places that have felt home, like home to me is, are places where I know my neighbors. And so a new house almost has never felt like a home to me because I, it takes a few, I mean, years, I think, to get to know your neighbors. And so there's, there's lines of discernment on every one of these arrow movements. And so then as you receive, there's, there's, uh, there's responsibility for the people sharing this is what I think I heard from God. There's responsibility on the people hearing because if somebody says, go buy a new house, you might want to filter that through some discernment and think, okay, God, what are you saying in this? Was that you, first of all, and what does it mean, second of all, before you go into action? And so I'm going to put up a list of six, we'll call them filters. You could think of them as like timed traffic lights. They don't have these in Pennsylvania. But I want you to imagine a straight road, and uh, as you drive up to a light, it turns green, and the light ahead of you is red until you get close to it, and then it turns green. And then the next one turns green. This, they have them in Michigan. I lived in Michigan for a while. So like the lights turn green because they're timed. Isn't that amazing? Have, has anybody, again, have, has anybody experienced this? Not in Pennsylvania. <laughs> In Pennsylvania, they exist. Okay, I just have never been on that road. (laughs) Anyway, so you can think of them as timed lights. Like before you act on what you feel like God has heard, there are things to to filter them through, like make sure all the lights turn green. And like little things like an encouragement, you don't have to like run through the whole filter. But you definitely want to check out number one and two, like does this align with the Bible? Because if it contradicts with the Bible, not God. Because God speaks through the Bible too, right? Uh, The second thing, does it align with the character of God? Like, Go take revenge on your boss. Eh, probably not God. <laughs> Love your enemies. That's God. Serve your boss, even though he's a jerk to you sometimes. Like, oh, that could be God. You know what I mean? Like, does it align with the character of God? Number three, have you been guided by wise counselors? So maybe it's a situation where in this case you're asking for wisdom, or maybe it's a case where as you've learned to hear God's voice over the years, you've been inviting um, counsel outside guidance, because none of us hear perfectly because all of us are human. Great. Uh, Four, have you asked God for clarity? The big decisions in my life that I have felt to be 
so daunting. Like, how am I going to hear God's voice in this big decision? Like, uh, moving here was an example of that. We moved from the Midwest. Uh, Asking God for clarity and saying, God, would you make this clear by such and such a time? He has answered that prayer for me super faithfully, where it just became obvious. How am I going to make this decision becomes a, oh, this is obviously God. Like, he spoke to me about it. He Something along the way confirmed it. Other choices dropped away or not. <laughs> like, I had an impression one time that I was supposed to move to the West Bank when I was in college. And some, I'm the type of guy who would have just went and bought a plane ticket, but I went and talked to a wise counselor, and he said, okay, hold on. Let's not buy any plane tickets yet. Maybe there's somebody else you could talk to who lives in the West Bank and see if there's any, like, resonance, because you can't just fly to the West Bank and hope it goes well. Um, and it, like, it became really obvious that it wasn't God. It was my brain that had been reading a lot of books about the Middle East and had, I had compassion for the people living there that I misheard. So my, my love for the place, I, I misheard, like, God's voice in my own thoughts. Does that make sense? So asking God for clarity, giving God a little time, especially for big decisions. I'm hoping that this makes your journey into hearing God's voice a little bit safer so it doesn't feel like you're playing with something that could blow up in your face. Like, yes, the voice of God can be dangerous in a sense because he can ask you to do anything, but it's also for your good because it says, God calls us friends. That's the foundational piece. God wants friendship with us. Okay. Five, ask yourself the question, are you using God's voice to justify what you want or already think? And six, do you have peace in your spirit? Not like uh, God might ask you to do something and you think, oh, this feels risky. I don't like this. I'm going to have to sacrifice all these things. But in your spirit, like something inside of you says, you know, all that's true and, I'm, and it's worth it and, it's, and I'm willing to do it because I trust that God wants what's best for me. So I just gave you a lot. <laughs> and I, I know that not all of that will stick. But I want you, I want to invite you wherever you're at on the journey, to seek out the voice of God. It may mean taking a risk. It may mean opening yourself up. It may mean just slowing down your mind because you're the kind of person who just overanalyzes everything. And if you feel like God is giving you a nudge, you just go into like computer mode and you run, you know, 1.6 gigahertz um, for five days and get stuck in the, in the winding of your brain. If your time is totally filled with Facebook and Netflix and work, there's not space to hear what God is wanting to say to us. And so the invitation might be to simply slow down. And that's one of the things, one of the reasons why In our services, we want to create just like 10 minutes to hear from the voice of God and respond to it. And so during ministry time, uh, there may be movement 
in the room as people go and pray for each other. You might just be sitting and, and sharing your thoughts with God. You might be feeling nudged to pray for someone, and so you move and you pray for the person. Just remember to pray for them with love and humility. This might be God. I am going to make sure that I'm kind and warm and don't just, you know, drop a prophecy bomb and run. And so what I want to do now is I want to invite everybody to stand. And we're going to do this. And I know, I know, I know, I know that kids hear from God. In fact, a lot of times kids hear better than we adults do because they have less junk and baggage. I know kids have shared like just spot on messages from God to me. Uh, And it's been just at these tender moments. And so when I say, come Holy Spirit, our expectation is that God is going to move in the room. And we're going to wait. And it might be the sort of thing where I stand up on stage and talk some. Um, I expect that it will be the sort of thing where people are praying for each other. And I would say if you're on the ministry team, now's a good time for you to come forward. Uh, Feel free to, again, move out into the room if God prompts you to. If you want to receive prayer, you could come forward and people will pray for you. We do have some ministry, like pre-service prayer ministry words that we'll kind of get to in a minute. But let me just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Everybody just relax. Come and move among us, God. Speak to us. So already God is putting like words in your mind uh, or maybe a person in your mind. And so then the next step is to say, God, who is this for? Or what do I say to that person? Or maybe the next step is just to walk toward that person right now. God, speak to us.
So what you might experience is like, oh, I have the sense that God is near, almost like I lost my footing there for a second. Uh, what we find is a lot of times the Holy Spirit kind of moves in waves. And so we thank you, God, for what you're beginning to do. We ask for more. We ask for the, uh, the peace of mind to sense what you're doing. Not that we turn our minds off, but that we open them up in faith. Believing that you speak. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.